Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we went from one side of the state to the complete other, which was three and a half hours on a bus. And uh, so, I, so I had a oh, gross. Uh, I had a coach actually re- reach out to me during the playoffs this year. Uh, we were just talking because we had met at a Glacier Clinic, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, weird story because we were playing uh, Niles Notre Dame mm-hmm. in the playoffs." Yep. Uh, he's like, funny story, a few years ago, uh, we were supposed to go to Peoria, Notre Dame. Uh, and about, you know, an hour and a half into the bus ride, uh, realized we were going to the wrong Notre Dame. So they were coming up to Niles uh, instead of over to Peoria. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's funny. We've had similar nightmares <clears throat> trying to get places around Chicago. Oh, so you guys were actually on a bus going the wrong way. So it was another coach who had texted yeah, yeah. me who told me the story because we were playing Notre Dame. And he's like, oh, we played them a few years ago. This is what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, because there is Peoria and Notre Dame. And then there's Notre Dame up here. Yeah, Niles. And then there's an – oh, and I'm of Providence Catholic, I think. That's in mm, – The Celtics, yeah. They're uh, New Lennox? Yeah, by Lockport. I know a guy that coaches there, and he's like, you want to coach here? And I was like, that's a 50-minute drive. I'm not – doing that yeah on a good day because i coach at addison and it's 20 minutes if that how are uh how are we feeling about the the end of the addison season into uh the outlook for next season um we did not have a great season we started off good we went one and oh uh big win you know felt good about ourselves and then uh Played a lot of bigger schools in our conference. We end up going two and eight or two and seven, whatever that is. Um, the only thing we're going to take away from it is we have a lot of kids coming back, like age wise. We only graduated seven or eight kids. Oh wow! So when you look at it, hopefully if they all come back, uh, you know, my whole offensive line was juniors. Our quarterback was a junior. 
we brought up a freshman to actually play varsity. He actually started week four, I think, at like our H back. Mm. Um, we feel good about that, but the big problem we're having right now is uh, getting kids in the weight room, uh, getting them to do other things because we deal with kids. Their home lives, they probably have to work. They probably have to do these other things to like pay for their car or their cell phone or whatever it is. So they look at it as we're going to work. So we do everything we can. Like we open up the weight room at 6 a.m. Like come to the weight room before school. So that's what we're fighting right now. Um, and getting them to do like track. Like our head baseball coach coaches with us, but we're still like, hey, there's plenty of baseball kids you need to do track. But going forward, if we can get kids back, uh, we, sh- we should be okay. We still have a tough schedule, but we got rid of some big dogs off our schedule finally. Uh, like the Glumbard Wests of the world. We finally got them off. Wow. Congrats. The- well, our town is happy. They're like, oh, you're not playing Glumbard West anymore? Because that was like a permanent crossover because the conference is divided into two. Oh, that's right. So like you have the West Suburban Gold, which is us. Then you have the Silver. The Silver is Glumbard West, Hensdale Central, York. Uh, you know, all those guys. Then you have us on the other side with other schools. So there was always, you had one crossover and then a permanent crossover because there's only Ooh. six teams on each side. So they were like, here gives you guys a game. Then you go find just a game. And I was like, Glumbard West is at a different level. They're competing to go to the state title every year. Like they're, they're, so I was like, why is this a permanent crossover? So finally our head coach got everybody to agree to get rid of it. Like, no more. So we got rid of them. That's why we're playing North Chicago. That's why. Uh, we have almost an opposite scenario where both of our out-of-conference games are both Catholic League games. They're Catholic League teams, I should say. Well, because isn't the whole Catholic thing getting shaken up, right? Like, IC's coming into something. <sighs> yeah. Uh, they messed everything up. Uh, but regardless of the whole shakeup, it was still going to be seven conference games and then two non-cons. And our two non-cons are still going to be Catholic Catholic League teams. So it's just going to be tougher than... Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a lot. Well, there, because... there's, there's no cakewalk. There's no like preseason non-cons. Like, we jump right into it. I was going to say, because of the shakeup, it's a Catholic school every week then, right? Yes. And we got screwed uh, by the Catholic League. Uh, we wound up jumping up two divisions. Ooh. Because I think I see is getting a cupcake thing of, like, at the bottom. Uh, I don't... They're not completely at the bottom. Uh, but they made... Screw it. I don't know if any of this is confidential, and I don't care. Um, they made a big stink because their crossover games were going to be like Loyola and Rice, maybe. Because um, mm-hmm. I think they were going to be like in the third tier and like, you know, the two up. They're like, no, we don't want to do that. So that's why the Catholic League divisions took, or Catholic League division slash schedule took like months longer than it was supposed to. Well, that's why I heard we only, we only talk about them because our youth program. There's always some type of IC guy around our youth program. Oh. It's right down the street. And I really don't care if people get mad about it. Because um, I'm fr- the head, the defense coordinator at Morton High School, he used to coach at uh, Montini. 
and Nazareth. And so I've talked to him before about how, like, it's not recruiting, he says, and I trust what he says. But I'm like, I watch IC do this, and they're not recruiting, but they walk around and tell parents this or tell parents that. Like, don't worry. They're recruiting for the school, not for the football team. Yes. So that's why we all hear about IC all the time. So then when we heard that's where they were going, we were like, oh, my God, they don't have to play Elmwood Park anymore. They don't have to play Richwood anymore. They don't have to play this team. Yeah. A guy left us to be the defense coordinator there last year. Oh, really? Okay, because their former defensive coordinator is now at York. Yes. uh, Yep. Who's a friend of our head coach. But we had to go up and play Ridgewood like two years in a row. Oh, yeah. He was defense coordinator last or this season, I guess. Okay. He was our wide receivers coach and then went in their DC. Um, I'm trying to find IC schedule. They won't post it because I want to. I'm very curious. I know they have to play York. I mean, I couldn't tell you their non-cons. I think I could tell you their Catholic League schedule. I think I have it somewhere. Well, I just have to type in 8 to 18. That's where I find it. But, yeah, so instead of our division of, like, us, Fenwick, uh, Marion, no, no, excuse me, Marmion, and who's the third? De La Salle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have a division of... Uh, who is it? It's us, Niles, Notre Dame, JCA, and who am I forgetting in the third? All right. Well, now this is going to bug me. <laughs> so IC has a 2022-2023 schedule, but it's the last year's schedule. So they show all these wins. They don't even want to show it. They're pissed. Oh. I mean, you've got to play someone, right? Like... They usually pl- they play Montini usually every year, but Montini's kind of backpedaled. Oh, Marist. Oh yeah, Marist yeah. Notre Dame and JCA are is our division. Oof, oof. Yeah. Sounds so scary. we got. Uh, there was supposed to be a bylaw that says you can't go up more than one division when they recycle, but they decided to ignore that. And just said, "Send you guys on up." Yeah. Thanks, I see. You should have complained. <laughs> That's all people do. Um, I think we we tried. But, yeah, we play who they schedule us. So. Well, it's all you can do. It'll be, a, it'll be a good measuring stick. Yeah. I see plays York first, so that'll be fun. Is that a – I assume that's a fairly big, like, local rivalry, right? I don't think they play football against each other. But oh, all right. I don't know if they might play basketball, but I don't think they play football because York is A Day. They have 3,000 kids. I see probably has oh. three or 400 in the multiplier, makes them 600 or whatever. Um, the rivalry would come into taking, sorry, kids going to IC instead of York. But like they all know each other, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Because okay. I worked at a middle school right down the street from York. That, I, I'm from a place where you just go to the high school that you're around. Me too. So the first time being in the suburbs was working at that middle school. And I'm like, oh, these kids go to York. Like, that's what I thought. And then I had kids walking around eighth grade going, you know, they're like, where are you going to go to high school? And I'm listening and they're like, oh, yeah, I might go to York. I might go to IC. I might go to Montini. And I'm like, wait, what? And that's when I kind of realized like, oh, some of these kids are going to go to IC. Uh, 
But then now that York is good at sports for the past couple of years, kids are now going to York. Because I think parents realize, like, well, we're paying these high taxes anyway to live in Elmhurst. Why pay more to go to IC when you go to York? Because I coach baseball at York, so, like, I hear this stuff. And so, Oh, of course. So I guess it'd be a nice, it's going to be a rivalry. I think that'd be a fun game to see. Are you uh, are you working at AT now? Yeah, like during the day. Okay, that's awesome. I can't remember when if we were talking if that was a possibility, but I know between your like three sports and whatnot, I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, this is my second year working at AT in the building. Um, but yeah, I worked at a middle school in Aurora, technically. Drove to Addison to coach football. Drove to Nequa Valley to coach basketball. And then this year when I started working at AT, I uh, was coaching football at AT, worked at AT. Then when basketball started, drove to Nequa, which is on the other side of Naperville. And then spring, York needed a baseball coach. They reached out, and I was like, sure. So now I did York. So now it's football, basketball at AT, baseball at York. So I'm quite busy all the time. Yeah, man, there's few people, uh, at least locally in the coaching world, that I feel like are as, as busy as I am when it comes to coaching. And it's, you're definitely busier. Three three sports is insane. I I couldn't imagine. It's not the first time I did it. I did it living in Charleston. I was the offensive coordinator for football. Coached high school basketball and then did track. And then the next year went to be the head middle school basketball coach. Still did football. Still did track. Um, but Charleston doesn't do like an indoor season. So you had more time off when basketball was done. It was like, oh, here's like two weeks off. So it felt fine. Up here when you're doing indoor season and you go right from basketball to track, it's a lot. But during COVID, that's when I did all three too. So that's spring, you know. So like. January through June, beginning of June, I was doing all three, like crammed. Ugh. And then June 7th rolls around. They go, okay, go back to normal from COVID. And here we go. It was football again. It was basketball, summer basketball. Right back into it. Yeah, that was rough because I went spring football season, you know, the like half season, right into lacrosse. And then almost right as lacrosse ended, uh, we picked up our football workouts mm-hmm. for the summer. So I think I went like February to November, like without a day off, coaching day off. It was awful. When we started doing football and basketball in the summer, I was like, this is, um, I couldn't even, I couldn't function. There was like a break at the end of June. We had like a week or so off. And I literally turned my computer off, barely looked at my phone. I like left Naperville and went to my parents in a small country town. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I can't, I need to get away. Cause I was calling football plays during basketball and vice versa and stuff. And they were like, what are you talking about? And, and I, and then that football year was rough cause we had a rough season, but it just felt like we never stopped. It just, it groundhog day every day. I did a during lacrosse season last year. I also helped with a youth team. And like they would practice right after. So it'd be like cold and freezing. And I'd be like, you know, if there was a rough day of practice, um, I'd be like, ah, practice is done. And I was like, nope, have to stay another hour and a half for like youth practice. And I was like, this is a lot. 
we have a assistant football coach that does that. He's young. Um, oh, he's probably 24, I think. Mm-hmm. He was interning for Northwestern Strength and Conditioning. He went to this high school, so he came to be our strength coach. Mm-hmm. He does that. So after football practice, he went to youth football practice. So when we're done at like 545, 6, he's waiting around to like 630 or 7 to do another like youth football. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> I I don't I'm sure the uh the youth coaching stipend is uh worth it. Uh it's not. <laughs> I don't think you could pay me any amount of money in football season, right? Cuz normally I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And especially like in the fall when it's 90 degrees if not more and it's like, "No, I'm sweaty, I'm gross." Like chances are we've got an hour's worth of stuff we need to talk about after practice. Yep. No, no way could I coach another practice. Oh, yeah. And it, if he listens to this, he's great. And I kept looking. I'm like, I'm 32. I was like, this that sounds awful. I said, you'll learn when you get older, you can't do that. Because just mentally coming home to do football after practice is enough. Like to come home and look at something. I will say like at 24, when I started coaching, like – You know, I was dating someone, but it's like I didn't have a lot of other things going on, right? Like you don't have a a house and, you know, kids and all that other fun stuff. We I think you and I have avoided at this point for a while. But right. uh, Right. Right. Like and frankly, just being old. Yeah. I just want to sometimes like lay down. (laughs) I, I I can't coach six hours a day. No, and then he does that now. So then he also coaches wrestling. I don't think he does a spring. So I think he coaches wrestling, but then he also does youth wrestling. So he does all that too. So it's like, and he's also our strength guy. So if you think about it, he has to come up and for the school. So like he comes up with basketball weightlifting plan for us and puts it on team builder. He has to come in the morning to see if football is going to show up to lift. Then he's coaching wrestling and then does youth wrestling. And it's like, God, you must love it. Like, I thought my three sports was a lot. Doing that back to back to back to back. Uh, we finally have our first strength coach we've the school has ever hired. Or I shouldn't say ever, but like since I've been there. Is it just a football coach or is it like a school thing? It's the head field hockey uh, coach. It's a school okay. thing. Okay. It's- so she's responsible for like the 36 varsity programs or whatever there are. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a transition. Uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Cause like we had, our kids were uh, lifting in season, right? We would usually get a workout in like on a Monday after film. And then, um, kids have free periods right and mm-hmm. it's like all right go get a lift on your own right whether that's tuesday wednesday thursday right uh and then for we made the playoffs and they're like oh sorry like other sports have started you guys are just like on your own and we're like wait a minute like we're doing well yeah <laughs> why, why are we changing what's working right so i i wasn't in those meetings but nor do i really want to be that's true, because when you're in those meetings now, you are above the radar there, and they kind of know who you are. That's why being the head freshman coach, I'm like on the radar for basketball, and I don't want to be. Oh, I'm loud. People know who I am anyway. But, uh, 
you know, for most things, I would just get frustrated enough where I would just be like, screw it, I'll do it. Right. Like that's true. But but I don't have the bandwidth to do that anymore. So I don't have that like rah rah in my back pocket. Right. <laughs> but I'll just complain about it. I was the same way. I've always wanted to be a head coach and an OC again. And then when COVID hit and all those seasons were crammed together and then we went to football again, I thought about it and I went, this will be the first offseason I don't apply for a head job. I kind of like my uh, my O-line run game gig, so I don't need to do that. I I've, I had a good uh, friend in coaching uh, told me, he's like, you know, even if you're not ready or don't think you want it, like you should start applying for head jobs and mm-hmm. just to like get the interview experience. Mm-hmm. So I've been toying around with that idea. Um, and by toying, I mean, I check the edgy board for which jobs are open <laughs> and most of them are way South. Yeah. There's that one. Or you can go to like the Illinois page. They put jobs up. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to check that out. Uh, um, what website is it? By the way, Matt, if you're hearing this, I have no intention of leaving. <laughs> it's ihsfca.com, and they'll post head jobs and assistant coaching jobs. They're not all oh, – wow. they don't put everything up because um, that's where I look. But, yeah, a lot of them are south. There was one. Was it Brother Rice? I think that was the only one. Bro- Brother Rice is hiring, like, everyone. I think they turned over their whole staff. Oh, Okay. Badke left. That new guy was there for like a year, and I think just got rid of a lot of the old right. guard. Oh, yeah. Brother Rice needs a bunch of assistants. Maris needs a defensive coordinator. St. Francis needs coaches. So, like, they post some things. But, yeah, a lot of them are south. The only one around here, but it'd be way too far for you, is Plainfield South needs a head coach. No. It's way too far. I... I had a, we were in Denver this past weekend for a a family function and, uh, oh boy, there they go. Sorry, dogs. Uh, my brother-in-law's mother was very interested in like my coaching background. So we hadn't had a chance to actually talk about it. And she's like, Oh, do you want to be a head coach? And I just kind of had like the same wide eyed. I was like, I can't like, I don't, (laughs) I don't have the bandwidth. I don't want to like give up my day job and like I saw how hard it was for our head coach when he was out of the building Mm -hmm. to do like you said like off-season workouts and attendance and God knows whatever else needs to be done right I was just like in at some point maybe but right now a I don't think I could handle it or do like a good enough job Um, and I think my wife would kill me Yeah. Which is really the main reason of why I'm afraid to do it. Yeah. Oh, I I applied for I always apply for one or two. This was the first time I did it and I still haven't done it. I look at it and I go, maybe, but maybe not. Like the Plainfield South one intrigued me because I live in Naperville. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it. But then I need a job because I'm not working at Addison, turning around and driving back down there. So they'd have to hire me. Round Lake needs a head coach. I don't know if that's up there. It doesn't sound familiar, let's but just, that it also sounds like Gray's Lake, like way north. Let's just put it this way. We tried to play them in football, if that tells you anything. We were trying to schedule them. If that's telling but you. Most of uh, – well, I guess it's the same thing in like the college, in the college game or the NFL, right? Like the jobs that are open usually are open for a reason. 
Yes. Um, it's a bad job. Or the teacher retired. Or they went somewhere better. Or, you know, God, I don't know how many schools are actually at the point where they can fire their uh, high school football coach. But not, not many great situations that you're going to walk into day one. Well, have you ever heard of a high school firing their coach and then hiring them back years later? Uh, like, like after have someone like in between. Oh yeah. Like two people in between. Um, God, I feel like I've heard that. I'm so sorry if that Mike's picking up the dogs, they're being obnoxious. I might have to just go let them out. Oh no. Uh, I'm sure our dog will bark soon. Um, but the high school I used to work at where I was an OC, they fired their head coach after 15 years, and the defense coordinator took over. Then that's when I came on. All right, one second. This is obnoxious. <laughs> okay. Good thing about my technology, we can pause. So I pause. Oh, man. Zoom pauses and my audio thing pauses if I need to. Great. But yeah. Apologize. But then the head coach I worked for for a year, he had to leave the next year, the first day of practice for personal reasons. And I'm like the only one that knows why. And it's nothing bad. It was just like partly what we were just talking about being a head coach. And he lived an hour away to do this. That was part of it. But there's other things. So then that then. So he was the head coach left. Defense coordinator became the head coach. I became the OC. So this guy was the head coach. I left, moved to the suburbs. This guy resigned. They hire another guy. He resigns just now. And then this year, like a month ago, hires back the coach they fired the very first time at the beginning of that story. Hired him back. The devil you know? Not No offense against the guy they fired because I met him oh, a couple times. Nice. Yeah. So if anybody from that town listens to this, they're like, oh, he's talking shit. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, not about him. But I'm like, I've never seen that before where you fire him because you were tired of him for something, then you bring him back. But at that point, like they could have turned over athletic directors just as often, right? Like, Oh, speaking of which beat main East, uh, our old athletic director is there. And that would make me insanely happy just now. Or did he get there before? He's there now. Okay. Cause we beat him th- this season. Oh, okay. Well, good. Beat him again. Yeah, we won 48 to 6. Was that the week one? Yes. So that's why we needed that. We really needed that one. Um, but then they won a game this year. They beat Round Lake. That was a fr- that Main East head coach, God bless them. They haven't won a game since like 2017 or something. So that's why there was like a lot of pressure on us to like not be the one. Yeah. Then they won the very next week. And the head coach was a great guy. Like very nice, but the I AD, think you kind of have to be in that situation, right? Yeah. The AD's there, because we played him in basketball. He was not very nice to me. Oh. Because I asked him if our kids could see their trainer because we were on Christmas break, and our trainers were not at the high school because they get paid by the hour, so why would they go just to tape us to get on a bus and leave? So I said something to him, and he goes, ah, oh, legally we can't, blah, blah, blah. And he got, like, really mad about it. And I'm like, all I'm asking is for this one kid to get taped. Can I go ask the trainers for you? No, 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 no. Uh, yep. 
But then I went and did it anyway. I followed him to the training room and I popped my head in and I was like, hey, could you do mind taping this one kid? And if I have to give you $4 for this roll of tape, I will give you $4 for this roll of tape. There's such just like a... Yeah, you... Right, the coach could have a million things going on. But like, if anything, being like, you can ask, right? Like, I'm not going to stop you. Well, I explained the situation because, well, let's flip-flop this now. So Thanksgiving, same thing. Why would the trainers be at our high school if they were just coming for us to get on a bus to go play in our Thanksgiving tournament? So we went to Wheaton Academy. We walked in, and I said, hey, I have one kid that needs to get his ankle taped. Do you mind taping an athletic or their athletic trainer? was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, Right, because like, all I do is tape ankles. I don't care who's connected to them. And I, because I explained the situation to them, I was like, this is our situation. This is how our trainers work. I don't know how your guys' contract works. This is how ours works. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's why we're here. Yeah. Luckily, I'm trying to think. We haven't had too many issues with trainers. I never have. Trainers have always been super nice. We just played at West Chicago High School. He was super, like, I've never really. They'll introduce themselves and say, hey, how's it going? I'm over here if you need me, or here's this radio. Just hit it, and never, never had a problem. Well, and football is such like a production, right? It's like, well, we're here for two and a half hours before kickoff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like you're crunched for time or like, I don't know. Most people are like out on the field anyway, so. Yeah, but but like even for basketball, like, I'm sorry that you have to tape ankles. And I didn't come in saying I need eight guys taped. I said I have one. Right. And you're like, this isn't like an expectation. Just like, by chance, do you have a free second? Right. Because if I can't get him taped, I don't know if he can play because he's going to be thinking about it. Right. Oh, by the way, this is Coach Carrick. He coaches at St. Ignatius High School in Chicago. I forgot about that. I assume if people are listening to this, they've listened to like the last six hours we've randomly talked over the last couple of years. <laughs> well, that's what happens. That happened yesterday. I had Coach Arnett on from Texas. He's a high school high school coach. That's what happened at the beginning. He was going to talk pass protection. The first 20 minutes was something else. And then awkwardly, I had to be like, so pass protection, because that's what he was coming off. He's like, so what about this? Other people have topics. (laughs) He loves topics. So like if I have him on, he goes, what do you want me to talk about? Because he likes to be prepared. So he had had like stuff written down. And then he had, he was like, I can show film. I already clicked on huddle. And like, he's great. Fantastic. You want to run through a brick wall after talking to him the way he explains things. And so I love, I love those people. I've done clinics. I just didn't realize other people did clinics. I don't know. Because Banstra always does his. He, they have topics. That's exactly who I'm thinking of. And I've asked him a million times. So when you ask coaches to come on, how do you approach a topic for them? Like, how do you know what you want them to talk about? And he goes, sometimes I ask them, hey, can you talk about this specific thing? Or I might say, hey, I want you to come on. Is there a topic you would like to talk about? And I'm kind of like, yeah. I'm also kind of like, let's just talk ball and see where it goes type of person. I've... And it's it's weird. I've you know people will ask me to do random like flex bone stuff. Obviously, right? Um, I've I've had more coaches reach out to me this off season, um, and you know we're only in. It's only been what like two or three months. Mm-hmm. 
um, more this offseason than I think ever. So I think that's a good thing, Flexbone-wise. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because they're probably seen your YouTube channel. Like, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about, and they've probably seen you on Banstro's thing because it's a big YouTube show. Um, like, And then I also think because we're kind of doing that, is football is making this reverse of like let's go back to what was you know old school not to give anything away but we're looking to oh head coach didn't you, didn't you tell me this last year maybe like we did we're still we were still a spread team and we were originally going to do like buck sweep but then like we just went to pin and pull uh I convinced them to let us do wide zone this year, so we did wide zone. Uh, first timer, first timer doing it because um, we had a transfer come in running back, so we were like, "This kid can get to the outside and do what he needs to do." Um, how do you like coaching wide zone as an O line coach? How do I like it? Yeah, and I'll preface it with saying I feel like unless you've like learned under someone who is good at it a lot of people don't actually understand zone blocking yeah i had so because of starting this podcast in COVID, that was one of the things i was trying to learn i've never been taught wide zone quote unquote i kind of have kind of haven't personally but then talking to people i've had to like get on here and talk to people i've had to have like private zooms and be like so how do you do this and I still I'm coaching it and I'm part of me is like I don't understand this or like it's not clicking with me but I can't I couldn't say that because it's literally to me to explain it to my kids was churn and run like we have to churn and run and we're aiming for this arm play side number other hands in the armpit and just go right and like and that's you're like you're trying to reach the guy to the outside of whichever way you're going. And then the guy who's lined up on him, like, Hey, if there's no one there for you to reach, you work your way up to the next level. It took a uh, lot of reps to do that. Yeah. Tons. Uh, where? So the first time I was really exposed to the point where like, you know, the, the light clicks, uh, I was at a, the Michigan, like exposure, you clinic when Harbaugh like invited everyone to Ann Arbor. So I was listening to like Tim Drevno explain it. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I do. Uh, but what I've seen is like, uh, if people don't really understand it and they're like, oh, well, if he's a three technique, you should double him. And I was like, no, like that defeats the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a weird concept. And especially for kids, if they're not brought up in a zone blocking yep. scheme. I guess that that was the whole point of my question is what your what your experience has been. Well, because I because when I showed up to this school, I came in and I said one of the runs we are going to do is inside zone because I learned it at the two high schools more than what I coached at before and I said this is what we're going to do. I want to do inside zone. I don't care about anything else, but it's got to be there. So they kind of knew inside zone, so I try to similar it to inside zone, but like you said, so like if this guy is in between you, we're doubling him on inside zone. But like on wide zone, we're not because the guy to the left, if we're going to the right, has to overtake that. So now I'm trying to trying to like it's kind of like inside zone. You should do this knife technique to push off to get going, but like that was the hard part. And them understanding of do I have to get him or do I go up when there's nobody there? 
or like, hey, you churn three steps, nobody's there, then you're getting up to the linebacker, but they want to go now. So that was the whole problem. And are there complementary, like if you were going to run like a counter or like power, is it, can you run that similar scheme, similar footwork, or does it kind of become a completely different thing for linemen? Well, like uh, Coach Timmerman, he's an O-line coach in Georgia at a high school. He's big wide zone. He told me the best compliment to it was GT because you're running wide zone, wide zone. They start to pack it in a little bit. Well, now you're down block and go around. That's what he was explaining to me. Um, it's kind of different to me. Down blocking to me, you're just turning the opposite way now and going that way. So I guess it's similar. We would do pin and pull off of it. We would get a wing and down block. I just know our our head coach is a you know was a quarterback by trade, mm-hmm. so he's like very protective of like how many concepts uh, for like O line. Mm-hmm. And as like a former O line player, I'm like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right? Like, right. There's only so many things in so many directions. Like, it doesn't necessarily matter if it's wide zone versus inside zone versus a down block versus a pull. Like. It's not that hard. <laughs> like, Right. But that's why uh, I also changed inside zone blocking rules because I was doing it the way I was doing at a high school here. And then I started to realize, mm. like, maybe that they don't get it. Like, how do they know if they're covered, uncovered? And, you know, like... Is there a guy me. in front of you? Well, trust me. Well, th- well, because then I said, not. if there's a guy on your backside shade, you're considered to be not covered to me because it's not the place I'm going. But then I was like, but I also want you to double team him if the guy calls in. There was just all this stuff. So I just said, okay, if he's anywhere around you, you're covered, but you have to understand the threat. So I said, what if you have an inside shade and a linebacker walks down to you? Like, you have this. Where are you supposed to go? Blocking this guy's like, no, go to the threat. Like, that's what I was dealing with. I had kids that never played O line before, or they were sophomores, now they're juniors. And so I had to switch it up. I mean, I say that I was a young, dumb high school offensive lineman at one point, but like, who's closer to the ball? Like, who are we afraid of? And then, you know, realizing, hey, if I need to get that playside linebacker, like, there's probably a call or something to make sure the backside guy is like scooping that shade. Well, sometimes I told these kids, good thing you're not running what I ran in high school. And they go, why? And I said, because you had to know who not to block because we ran power eye option. So you had to understand who you weren't blocking. And I was like, you guys have a hard time figuring out to hit this guy. Like, they go, what do you mean? And I was like, if we called 12 option, I knew not to hit the three technique or this guy in high school. And they're like, oh. And I was like, if they called 16 or something, we weren't blocking the defensive end because we were told this is who. Well, we didn't know his line. We didn't know why. He was just like, don't right. touch him. Go to, the, go to the linebacker. Or power. Just go that way. It. I'm baffled. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but I look think back to the coaching I had in high school and I'm like, my coaches were bad. Like <laughs> I, I think our run rules were like uh like goo, like gap on over inside. Yeah. And like every run play, just that that's what you do. And so no one knew what anyone else was doing. You were just kind of like on an island. Uh which clearly as a five man offensive line unit, it's like not what you want to do. Um, well, you know, the, the, the beauty of the, what, early, mid 2000s. Yeah, we, 
I didn't know what a technique was. I didn't know what a three technique was. I didn't know what a one technique was. I knew what a gap B gap was just because. And I could number the, I could number the holes. Yes. Number the holes. Cause back in the day it was like two, four, six, eight. And that's where it's going. So if you called 44, it was like, it's going to the four back to the four hole. That's where it's going. Yep. That, that's all I knew as an old lineman. I didn't know who the four back was. I was like, who's that? But you or know. where he's lined up or what he's doing. I just know someone that is called the four back is running through the four hole. And I can't tell how many times where they call 12 or 14 and you don't or whatever. And you're not touching that guy and you get to linebacker, but he, he comes flying up and you're hitting him as he's tackling. And you think to yourself, oh my God, I didn't block him. He's tackling this guy. Then you turn around, the quarterback's running that way with the ball to pitch it. And you're like, oh, God bless midline or just any quarterback option. Oh, I'm sure that I, I think there might have been film on me in high school. I'm like looking at the guy and I was like, shit. And then I look over, oh, he's still going. It's all good. It's okay. There is that weirder concept where kids are so focused on what they're supposed to do or not supposed to do. That like they get lost in the trees of like what the actual goal of the play is mm-hmm. and be like, we want someone to tackle that guy because he doesn't have the ball and then we're going to run that way. Like, right. right. That same thing when I was an OC is when I thought I knew everything and I was like, RPOs, that's what we're going to do. And we don't really need to practice them because it's super easy. And the old lineman one time when we first put this in, all they knew it was inside zone. That's all they knew up front. They got the call. They're like, it's inside zone. And I think like the fourth RPO I called, I had the lineman turn around going, coach, he's calling a run play to us, but he's throwing the ball. And I said, guys, it's okay. It's called an RPO. And they go, what? No, they don't worry about it. At least they figured out that the ball was being thrown. That's true. But they were like, coach, you're calling a run play and he's throwing the football because they're getting mad at the receiver dropping it. So they're like, why is he throwing the ball? This is a run play. The quarterback's screwing it up. Because well, you damn spread guys keep releasing your linemen downfield. Not gonna- what happened? Your video's off? My bad. Oh. My bad. We went to lower camera angle. My bad. There okay. we go. I've got your multicam set up. No. I have a new plugin for all these plugins, and I, pl- I was trying to plug in my charger, and I plugged it in the mm. wrong one. Whoopsies. Gotcha. How embarrassing. Hate when it goes in the wrong hole. Yes, how embarrassing. My bad. Won't do that again. Yeah. <sighs> It is so. I, we touched on it earlier. I was actually talking uh, to the head coach at Tinley Park. Mm-hmm. Um, is a new guy who wants to uh, dip his toes into the the triple world. Um, we have a pretty good flexbone community in Chicago, but we're everyone runs it a little bit different, and everyone it's not like the double wing mafia or like run and shoot where people are really tight lipped. It's more like we don't necessarily want a lot of our stuff out there, mm-hmm. but like we're always happy to help. You're helping with the basis, basics, I guess. Right. And like kind of the the if then like, oh, but like what, you know, we see a lot of X defense, right? Like what do we what what should we be thinking? Um, and it's like, ah, oh, like we you could do this or you could do this or. You know, sometimes it depends on your athletes, which at the end of the day always is kind of the answer. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
don't know. I feel good about it. Like, we had a, a few head coaches uh, come visit us during the playoffs to come like check out what we're doing. Yeah, our head coach, if it was up to him, we'd be a power eye, double tight, run the ball over and over and over again. That's Do what, it. And me and the offensive coordinator are like, what do, do we have a say in that? No. He says yes because he doesn't want to put his foot down yet. And if he listens to this, he knows. Yeah, I don't care. We get in debates all the time. Me and the head coach, me and the offense corner have the same wavelength a little bit. Um, but he's more gap scheme, so I have to convince him to do the zone stuff. But now our head coach is like, so it's real funny if he listens to this. One day he goes, Steve, I came across this coach, uh, Kenny Simpson. I like his gun T stuff. And I started laughing. He goes, what? I was like, I've talked to him before. We've sent messages. I have his books. Like, I understand. And he was like, oh, my God, you could talk to him. We could get this going. Like, blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of like what he's looking at. It's like a pistol stuff. It it, it has a – I guess uh, – I've been doing this too long. How many years have you been coaching now? 13. Oh, Jesus. I was like, I did it 10 or this, I just finished my 10th. And now I'm seeing uh, like on different places, like, you know, there's a subreddit, whatever. And people will like, hey, do you think these plays work? And you're like, well, first of all, it's not drawn right. You're like, second <laughs> of all, there's like 12 different defenses. So like, what are your rules? It's like third of all, like, no, your quarterback doesn't have three sets of eyes. He cannot like option three different people on different sides of the field. Right. Um, but realizing how much more even like pass routes, right? Like it's not just a flag or like a post like, okay, if the corner's doing this, maybe it's like a skinnier post or it's a right. Like mm-hmm. the game is so much more complicated than people think it is. Yes. Yes. Uh, or it's just, just run a go and throw it to him. Like, okay. It's, Cover two, there's a safety over top, and he's outside leverage. Like, good luck. Yes. Or that that's why I like the air raid stuff. I like quick game air raid, and the reason why I liked Mike Leach's quick air raid stuff is because it's pre-snap, and then you just read one person. Pre-snap. Is this linebacker lined up a certain way where those double slants are not there? Don't even care. The, the last year or so, I've been getting really into, like, run and shoot stuff. Mm. Um just from like a well, a I it kind of marries well, but like the flexbone passing game isn't exactly intricate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to have someone you know being able to say, well, an A our receivers spend the first like six weeks blocking anyway. Uh, to be like, hey, if you could learn like your options are a go, a flag, or an in, right? Mm-hmm. Based on where these like three people are aligned. Like that would save us so much headache instead of trying to like always call the perfect play. You know, like right. theoretically, we should be able to call one thing, and you can get us in the perfect play. Right. But uh, it's interesting. The run and shoot, yeah. I try to dive down that rabbit hole. Coach to reach out to for that's Coach Justin Clark. He's that's all he did. He's in North Carolina, I think. He's just now a Division three college coach now. Oh, awesome. But he will give you everything you want except the pass, pass protection. protection. I, I have like 
PDFs and like screenshots of like where I found like weird little tidbits. I was like, I know this is going to be important at some point. Because again, I met all these guys doing this podcast during COVID and like right after COVID and he's one of them. And I remember before we recorded, he goes, don't ask me about pass protection. I cannot tell you. He goes, I will. If I tell you, I'd have to kill you. And I'm like, oh, no, you got to pay for the certification or pay for that, too. That's why I like the air raid stuff, because it's just all over the place where I don't really need. I guess that'd be cool. But Barmy's like, I can figure it out. I I have such like I've had people like I have a bunch of resources I send out to people. And they're like, can we like, do you, do you have like a place for like donations or like, can I buy something of yours? And I was like, no, like I didn't come up with any of this shit. Like <laughs> I've just kind of hoarded it and I have like some opinions on it, but like it feels scummy charging for things. I don't know if you feel that way, especially when like I didn't actually make it up. Right. I don't want. I understand why people do because I would too if I had all this knowledge and stuff and I was like like we I'm not going to say names we all know people they're YouTube guys I understand why they do yep. because it got to a it got to a point where it was like I'm doing all this I I should start doing this um I I have such an issue because I would ha- I would hate to like disappoint people right like oh you're going to pay me $1,500 to come to your school and teach things. And then you go like one and eight. Right. And then you're like, ah, well that didn't work. It's like, well, I don't, uh, the disappointing people. I, I don't think I can handle. Yeah. I don't know. I ha- I don't have a problem with it, but I understand why people do, if that makes sense. Like I'm on both sides. Like I get it. Um, I think it depends on the price. If like there's things out there where like, Oh my god, it's two thousand dollars just to learn this? No thanks. But th- you have like coach tube videos where like the videos like sort of inner like interlock, so it, it's like oh it's ten like ten videos, but like mm, it's really five because you're like reviewing concepts kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've been approached to do that stuff, and I would much rather just like give it out. I like. Also- I also think it depends on the person. So like, let's say you did that. Let's say you were like, you know what? I put a lot of time into this. I'm going to make a group. It's five bucks for like a month and you get access to this. And after that, it's done or something like that. But if somebody sent you a message and said, hey, I have a question about X, Y, and Z, and they weren't a member. And you said, no, you have to be a member for me to talk to you. Like that type of thing. I know coaches that do that. Like I understand why they do it. I'm friends with college coaches that actually put stuff on CoachTube because it takes a lot of time. So they want something back. But they're also the type of people where if I said, hey, come on this podcast and show me this. He will. They will show me exactly what they put on CoachTube, even though like they don't care. Yeah. But if it's the people where I said, "Do this," can you do this for me? And they're like, "Well, I can only show this because you have to go buy this." That's where I kind of draw the line with that. Yeah. It, uh, coaching, I feel coaching Twitter and just coaching in general. Interesting characters. They are, but I don't see much of the wing T versus spread stuff anymore. That's kind of withered away. Because I think most of the wing T guys are dying off. Well, they're dying off or people like me are getting told like, hey, you have to go be a pistol wing T person and call this now. So it's like, well, okay, no more arguing. I just might as well join. Join the movement. Uh, It's interesting. Like you said, there's kind of that uh, 
the cyclical, right? Like people went so like four or five wide air raid. And it's, I almost feel like maybe we're on like the tail end, at least at the high school level. Yeah, uh, because yeah. unless you have right a, a factory of six five kids that can sling the ball around, um, and and four kids that can catch, uh, yeah. it, it's it doesn't work out super well. Well, when I first noticed it was going back to what it was, was you started to see more eleven personnel, twelve personnel. You started to see all this start to come back. Wing sets, nasty sets, even though they were spread. I guess, or still in shotgun. That's when I noticed it was coming back. You saw colleges do it. High schools were doing it. We did it. And I'm like, we're not this spread anymore. We're kind of coming back to what it was. And that's why, like, I'm researching buck sweep now because maybe it's not pin and pull anymore. Maybe it's true buck sweep. Maybe it's – I really this year was looking at A-gap power instead because – I'm the type of coach where, like we were just talking about in high school. In high school, it was 44 power. It is hitting the four hole. Then I quickly realized, well, if they line up a certain way and it's not going to hit there, what if it hits a gap? So I kind of don't know where it's going. Uh, so it's just coming back. Yeah, I'll be curious. Uh, I feel like people are very into the Kyle Shanahan like 49ers thing at the moment. Um, have you watched a Niners game recently? Not the last two. I watched some during the season. So it's, uh, and as a flexbone coach, this is a little, uh, this might be a little sacrilege, but like, it's a little exhausting that there's like three motions and shifts, like before every play. Uh And they basically just move Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel around. So like, you never know, like they could both be a receiver. They could both be in the backfield and like, then they swap. Right. So you see the defense have to account for that, right? On mm-hmm. every play. And we have a hard enough time getting like one shift. Like I can't imagine trying to like call in and practice and execute like multiple shifts pre-snap. Especially at the high school level? No. Like like you said you have to if you shift you're shifting two guys. You have to make sure those two guys know to shift and then know the other guy has to get off the line of scrimmage. Like it's a bitch to call. Yeah. Like we had to be like, Hey, when we shift into this formation, you have to know we're starting in this and then shifting to this. And it just, it like doubles everything. Mm-hmm. Cause then they take their time lining up and it's like, well, we still have to shift. Like you got to move Oh, and God forbid we still huddle. So you got to get the <laughs> play call from the huddle, break the huddle, go to the line shift, make sure the look is good and then snap the ball. Cause we looked to shift this year. We did. We we, a, we went to the Chicago clinic, and there was a guy there talking about how they shift. And he's like, "We, their one play call just has one shift. They're not shifting and then doing this. Like, it was the only thing they might do is shift, then a quick motion, and that's it. Like they were just, well, they were a pistol, flex bone type of team where they were just no huddle, though. They were completely no huddle, mm-hmm. though. And so we thought about doing it, but then we were like, how do we signal this in? How do we communicate this? Do they understand? And then do we shift the tackle? Are they going to understand? Because are the line going to look to me to get a signal? Is it too much? They're they're young. They're juniors. Some have never played varsity football before. So they're used to huddling up because we were no huddle. And we were just like, nah, we won't. Screw it. We're not going to mess with it. 
because uh, teams defend us so uh, robotically, I think is the good way to say it, right? Like you, you might set your defensive front where like, you know, your three technique is always to the field or always to mm-hmm. the boundary. So where we found that we liked trading or like shifting uh, was, you know, we'll set our strength into the boundary, get them to set their their front that way, move that guy over and be able to basically run what we want because right. we ha- we're going to get the look we want right. uh, where it's not going to shut down like parts of the playbook. Well, something else that I had to go back and think and respect for is like Flexbone or Wing T was like a system. So like your freshmen are running the system and it's just boom, boom, boom. When you get to like a spread guy, sometimes it's kind of all over the place. And we kind of realized that for a while this year was like freshmen are kind of doing this, but if they have certain players, they're going to do this because spread is kind of like, well, if they can't throw, if they can't do this, they're going to catch all you can. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, we weren't a team that wanted to throw the ball at the time. We were looking to run. We were a spread team to try to run the ball. But we kind of realized that's, that's why our head coach is kind of like, we need to find a system. We need to find something that, like, is universal across the board. And that's why maybe they may talk me out of zone, like get rid of it because it's so tough for freshmen. Because they didn't do wide zone. Our freshmen did not even touch it. I was like, that's too much. But like theoretically, right, freshman year, you know, you might have two or three concepts. It's like get really good at these three and then like build on them because they're not going to be able to do like 10 things, right? They can probably barely do one thing. Right. And we're probably guilty of that a little bit um, of either A, expecting them too much, but then we had a JV coach that decided to start running pistol. And started running it like two thirds of the time, and I was like, "A, what the fuck, <laughs> right? Like, that's not what we do. That's not who we are. Like, right? Wh- why? And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm gonna have to teach all these kids the basics again mm-hmm. because they didn't do it their you know sophomore year, right? So now we're behind already, right?" Well, that's that's kind of why when, when I'm researching this stuff, I'm like, I do respect the fact that there's – I've never hated the wing tee. I've never hated the flex bone. I was just like, spread the ball around. I still want to run it. But when you look at it, I was like, oh, at least there's a respect factor of the system that gets put in. And just year after year when they're – now, some freshman teams do a little bit different things because of athletes. But, like, that's conversations you have as a staff. They're like, hey, I have this kid that could actually sling the ball a little bit. We're still going to run everything, but like, do you think if we work on these pass plays, this will work? And you're like, oh, yeah. There's definitely some to that. And also, like, I don't know about you guys. It's hard enough to find, like, really good varsity assistants. Yes. Um, the lower level coaches, right? Like, short of varsity coaches going down and, like, teaching the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that can be missed or overlooked. Yeah, because we had to find a we had to find three or four coaches from last year to replace, and it took forever, forever to replace them. And one of them happened to be our new strength guy because our strength guy didn't get rehired at the school, so he went to another high school. So it was like one of those things. We had a guy leave to be the defense coordinator at Ridgewood. Uh, another guy was just done coaching. He was like, I can't do this no more. 
And then we had another guy just up and leave. And so we're like, we had to find four. And it took us till the middle of the summer to like figure it out. I'm I'm hoping our staff stays together. Like there's no one I know of, at least like as of now, that said like I'm retiring or I'm leaving. Um, God, we had an awesome, probably the best staff I've ever worked on. Um, well, yeah, because I want to. But also, also, if you have anyone listening that is looking and wants to coach lower level football, uh, or like wants to get into coaching, um, please God contact me. Because <laughs> uh, you guys had a great season, though. That's why, like, it showed. That helped. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a it was a special season for sure. Um I still kind of get like choked up when I think about it and like our kids all over like social media still post like highlights and you know we had a our MVP of the season was like our manager who uh you know managed like social media and made posts and media guides and like mm-hmm. awesome stuff. Uh yeah, it was fun. I think we had a uh, one of our kids was just at Army, and I think uh, got an offer. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he'll fit well, right it, in. Well, he plays defense. Oh, um, no. but yeah, if he could like steal their whole playbook and send it to us, that'd be great. Oh, uh, I'm Coach Monk in there. His family I know in Charleston, Illinois, because that's where some are. I was gonna say I know they're they're Central Illinois people. Um, one of his cousin, two of his cousins live up here. One works at York. Oh, really? It's a football family. Yeah. No, we they the army guys like when they've come through recruiting have been great, like answering questions and like giving us resources. So they that probably, was more of a joke. But well, they they don't care. They're like, yeah, we run this. Who cares? That's it's the beauty of it. Uh. Yeah, I didn't mean to overlook your guys' season. We focused on mine. I was like, wait, they had a great season. We can't overlook that. Yeah, it was uh, the best season in school history. Uh, And the first ever second and third round playoff wins. Is that right? Yeah, because you went to the Final Four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then lost to Prairie Ridge on a last second field goal. Yeah, but Prairie Ridge is good. They're always they're they're very good. I think their quarterback led the country in rushing. I think something like that. They, I know they can. Did they play East St. Louis though in the? Yeah. Now see, look at positively. You could have. I'm. I'm. Oh, I saw the viral photo of the coin flip. Right, they send their five biggest kids to the coin flip, and you're like, this looks like every Disney movie of like, you know, the Toon Squad going up against the Monstars. Well, when I was at Glombard East in 2018, we made the playoffs. The second round, East St. Louis had to come play us. And I'm walking onto the field. They're warming up. I'm six foot five. Me and their safety lock eyes. Like, we're the same height. And I said, oh, shit. We're in trouble. And then... Their nose guard looked like Dwayne Johnson, just five foot seven. And I was like, oh. And we had a sophomore guard. He picked him up and threw him. And the kid comes to the sideline. His eyes are this big. And I was like, we lost him. Like, there's really nothing we can do to bring him back. 
Yeah, I like to think we probably could have given East St. Louis a better game than Prairie did, but we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, that was a it was a ride. That was the first. I haven't had a good playoff run since my last year in Madison. So that would have been like five years ago. Yeah, I've never been out of the second round. Like Lombardi's year was the first time getting to the second round. Never been passed. Not been passed. It is weird in Illinois where like the the whole home field and like how that's determined where it's like we were the much higher seed but had to travel the second week. Did you have a home game the first week though? Yes. Did the opponent have a home game the first week? I think they won on the road. That's why. So if you have a home game and then the the second round if you play an opponent who didn't get a home playoff game, you have to go there. And then oh, if, I, I I get it. I just think it's dumb. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> they try to be fair. It's, you know, equity all around. They try to be fair. But then we have to travel an hour to beat someone 45 to nothing, right? Like Well, that's that's why it. like when we played East St. Louis that year, we both had a first round home game. Yeah. But we were the second seed and they were like the ninth I don't remember what seed they were. Well, yeah. So they had to drive all the way up from East St. Louis up to the suburbs of Chicago. Then the bad thing for them was then they had to go play Mount Carmel the next week. So they had to go back to East St. Louis. They had to drive back up and play Mount Carmel because Mount Carmel was on the road too and Mount Carmel was the higher seed. So then they got the game. So they had to turn around and go back to Mount Carmel and they lost by three. Yeah, that and so we... Well, Roy, we were home against Deerfield. We went to Grays Lake Central. We had Niles Notre Dame at home and then went to Prairie Ridge. That Prairie Ridge game is one of the coldest games I've ever coached in. It was like 15 degrees. Oh, yeah. And like like ice on the field. Like you couldn't. There were like ice patches. So like from the box, we were calling plays based on like where we could see there was less ice. <laughs> You don't get paid enough for that to figure that out. Well, but like you can see it, right? Like in the box, you're like, well, there's a big like icy white patch to the right and there's not to the left. So we should probably run to the left. <laughs> I didn't even think was, about that. It was wild. Um, pretty rich, great host, right? Like the high school is beautiful. Like you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, obviously, uh, it was a quick game. With both of us being uh, flexbone teams, yeah. But their quarterback is a quarterback, right? That like led the nation. He's a dude. Yeah, like he's like it would be third and long, and they're running QB counter because they're just like stop it. Mm-hmm. They've always been that way. Watching them in the playoffs and stuff, they always make it yeah. there, and it's like they always have a quarterback that's like the dude. Yeah, he's. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, next year, but uh, yeah, he was uh, well, I would say fun to watch, but like not against us. <laughs> I forgot you guys lost by field goal because I remember I was keeping track of your guys' team. I forgot about that. Yeah, last second, we had the game one, fourth and long, pass interference, completely unnecessary. Kid hadn't hit a field goal all year. Drills it. That's high school ball for you. That's why you just throw it up and it, it was such a, like, as a coach, 
obviously like you realize what you just saw and like sometimes uh i've been known to take losses really hard mm-hmm. um i weirdly didn't take that one hard like our kids you've been on the field at the end of a season right like it's mm-hmm. not the um it's not happiest fun. yeah no a lo- a, not a lot of dry eyes um and i couldn't help but just be like happy for our kids it's like we just did something that no one expected that was completely wild and we were literally like seconds away from a state final yeah um it was weird because i i did i was like i feel strange like normally i'm the one that's like upset and would be pissed off or like super sad and i was just i was weirdly happy not obviously not that we lost but like proud well it's I guess not borrow time is the right way to put it, but it's like you're going farther than all these other people. So it's like yeah, it was house money. Exactly. Right. So like and then losing on a last second field goal, it's like it's not like you just got blown out forty five nothing. It was like close game, close game, close game. Michael Jordan saying, You didn't lose, you just ran out of time. Yeah. Type of thing. I yeah. It'll be you know, we talked about the schedule a little bit earlier. Like we're in for a test next year and we got uh, a lot of talent or well new talent we need to break in uh, at places but are, uh are those schools much bigger than you guys that you have to play some are um but it's not a lot of it isn't bigger in terms of actual enrollment it's like oh your school has 13 state titles Oh, right like yeah, yeah we have to play jca right like julia catholic um we have to play naz we have to play marist right so it's not that they're necessarily their enrollments are bigger but their uh football programs are m- much more mature and accomplished yeah we had film on marist from our Glombard west game they were huge, just so you know. Huge. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I. We might be the smallest team on the field every week. I'm, I'm not sure. Outside that, of Justin, now I know plenty of people that hate the Catholic schools. So when this happened, everybody's jump up and down, and I kind of, I kind of didn't care. Like I said, we just listen to what IC says, so it's kind of like whatever. Or we're kind of happy for that because you look at their schedule and we're like, well, why are they playing this team, this team, this team, this team? Now, they do play Montini, but they play these teams. So part of me was like, oh, good for them. Now they have to go play some on their own size and play private schools. But I feel kind of bad for schools like you guys where it's like, well, we didn't play an easy schedule, but it wasn't like, I don't know if that's saying it the right way. So that's literally like the Catholic League, their goal in like divisions and scheduling parity is to try to get the most teams in the playoffs. So like they're, they're trying to get a bunch of teams at like five and four and above um, to maximize. Uh, it's not even revenue, right? It's not like they're making money off of it, but right. But can't they change it? They say they can change. Like you could be in this, this year and then next year, depending on how your year goes, it could switch. Oh, for IC specifically. Or like all the Catholic leagues, like isn't there like division? They're like, well, you're in this one this year, and then next year it could change. So ours go every two. So you basically like they kind of set it, and then you've got like a home and home for two years, and then you know there's a 
garbage formula that they think makes sense, which doesn't. Um, that like you essentially like reseed right, right every two years. Um, now I see you got a sweetheart deal where they're like, screw it, we may leave after a year, which is going to throw the whole conference in disarray. Right. Um, no one else has that opportunity, but we'll. Uh, Why do they get to? Uh, because otherwise they were going to take their ball and go home, which we should have told them to. Yeah. Um, Give me a hot second. I got dogs barking again. The world. So many wet paws. I just saw the tails and I was laughing. I was like, yeah. Yeah. They were out in the backyard. Uh, and I was like, Oh, uh, I don't want my neighbors to hate me because they've been out there for a while barking. Oh yeah. Cause I, I got neighbors now. I have to. Yeah. Well, the nice part is I have a backyard. I can throw them out in one. I'm trying to do things like this, but oh, that's true. They only, they only cooperate for so long. Yeah. We still live in an apartment. So our dog is here. We're wait- yeah. waiting for the housing market to crash again, man. Like I said, we moved in in August and we got really lucky. Um, I haven't been keeping tabs on it since, but good luck. Well, when we started to hear people say, like, we had literally people, like, say, some are saying, go buy, but go buy. But then we have people like, no, don't do it because people are buying their houses and now they're like 80,000 less than what it should be. And after they bought it and we're like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll wait. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing is just always when you're coming up against like the end of a lease. Well, we're getting married in September. Oh, congrats. Thanks. It is on a Friday night. She didn't hear me, right? Okay. Wait, you you are fucking kidding, right? Nope. You're getting married on a Friday night during football season? Sure am. Thank God my wife's not listening to this. I would get murdered. Well, this is being recorded, but she doesn't listen. It was... No, I'm saying my wife's not going to listen. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was... An argument I wasn't going to win. Yeah, I... Here's the big reason. Her family, her dad is the oldest of 11, and they all live in Ireland. Because that's where he's from. Okay. So, so when you look at travel costs around that time, for example, they got a round trip for $500. So, mm-hmm. like, when you looked at travel for them, made sense. And it was just an argument I wasn't going to win. She knows I'm not happy. The head coach isn't happy. Who who do you play that week? One of the proviso schools. Okay. I, as, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I had very little input on lots of it. And I was like, absolutely not during football season. That's my one thing. She's like, but I wanted a fall wedding. I'm like, no, that it's the one thing, right? Like, build up like practice like i i don't want to balance all of that i did say that (laughs) and i said it again then i said it more then i even said this i said i don't care if it's during basketball i don't care if it's during baseball it can't be during football because basketball can make work baseball can make work 
we got married in June, uh, mid June, and I had to miss three or four days of practice, and it was like the first or second week. I think it was the first week like camp started. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and she I just, still she just texted horrible. me. I'm thinking, oh, she heard me. <laughs> she knows I have to tell people it's an argument. I wasn't going to win. We've all been through it. But see here, it it, it, won't, it won't be the last one uh, involving football or coaching. Well, here's in, the, in my experience, it's really funny because you gave that reaction to it. I was talking to the defensive coordinator at the high school down here on the, the this podcast, and I told him I was like, "Yeah, I'm getting married on a Friday in the fall." And he looked at on the camera and he goes, "Steve, one thing I learned from COVID was family is very important. You're going to have more Fridays." It's okay. So there was that reaction. And then you give that one. I'm like, is he, oh. is he married? He is married with two kids. Okay. He has two kids. They were born. Happily? Yes. <laughs> um, it's because of his kids. He said, I probably would have told you something different. I didn't have kids. His two kids were born. One was born during COVID. One was born like last year. So he's like, the kid thing made his made him think different. And so. There's like. 45 other Fridays or like Saturdays, 45 other weekends. Well, so then the head coach goes, what if I get the game changed to a Thursday? Because our conference is, we had three Thursday games. Like they really are pushing. Oh, really? Okay. Because of the ref situation, they're really pushing. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, that'd be great. But then it's like rehearsal dinner. And I was like, I'll show up after. that's the type of stuff I don't want to juggle, right? Like, okay, it's it's your wedding, right? Like, enjoy it. Love it. Hopefully you only do it once. Um, <laughs> but I, I know how I obsess over football in season and trying to, like, jump from a rehearsal dinner with, like... That's my biggest then, fear. And then getting guilt-tripped into being like, oh, but, like, we flew from Ireland. And you're like, ah, oh, but like the kids they they need well, me that's my biggest fear because i made a comment about well that friday night i'm gonna be like i wonder if we won the game and it's like you're gonna be worried about that over the wedding and i was like i mean yeah i mean i might text somebody and then i mean hell it's 2023 just have it live streamed somewhere right like there's not like a bridal suite or like something yeah, so it was just something I wasn't going to win. And then the head coach goes, well, I could change it to a Saturday. And I was like, I won't make it if it's uh, – no. no way. No, 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 <laughs> no, don't, no, don't, do not do that. I was like, there's uh, no way. <laughs> um, that'll be interesting. Friday night in the fall. Yeah. I mean, do you have a lot of friends that are like on your coaching staff or coach other places? Yeah, I invited the guy that had, didn't get rehired. I sent him a thing and he goes, Steve, you know I work that night. And I was like, I know. I just want you to know you're invited. And he goes, Oh, that's nice. He's like, I'll show up after. And I was like, Yeah, go for it. What you will learn, uh, I thought when I was wedding planning and like you almost take it personal when people say they can't attend but then you're like every no you get you're like 
that's X number of dollars saved mm-hmm. and like on, you know, food and beverage. Um, you're like, okay, like send a card, maybe some money if you really feel bad. But like, I, I get that people can't make it. Yeah. Cause some people I coach with are invited also, but I told them that I was like, you're going to get this. I know that we have a game. You guys can give me all the, they already gave me full ear. Uh, y- y- oh yeah. You're, I mean, you've got another, what, nine months mm-hmm. uh, at this point of it. And, but at least they gave me all the shit early and then they got, you over will now. continue to get it. And if you don't, I will just harass you on Twitter about it. <laughs> oh yeah. I kept that hush hush on Twitter. It's, it's very hush hush until it happens. Oh, okay. Well then maybe I won't, I'll, maybe I'll respect that because I, I know, because I know what will happen. I know what will happen. People that know me were like, Oh, but don't give me like, I have a friend back home that coaches, and I told him when it was, he goes, Steve, you coach football. Like, it's unacceptable. And I was like, you tell her. This was a month argument. Like, literally, it lasted a full month. It was every day of, nope, 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 fine. I I, I, I remember. <laughs> it's, I don't envy you. Uh, yeah, for everything that that entails. Well, we're pretty much done, and now it's just paying it. You're like nine months out. You're already done planning? We have it booked. We have a DJ. We have the food. Uh, I got measured already. The dress is bought. We have decoration things sitting here waiting. Do you have a planner? Or Uh, like a night of person? Yes, the person's going to be there. Like the person we're working with. Her maid of honor has been helping with the stuff too. Um, the the best money we spent uh, was like the planner and the night of person. Um, so like when shit hits the fan, like you don't want to have to deal with it, and you definitely don't want your future wife to deal with it. So it's literally someone to go like yell at people for you, so you can continue uh, having a good time. Well, that's the place this is booked at. Like the person we're working with yeah. is going to be that person. Okay. It's part it, of it's, it. If you guys fought about that expense, I highly recommend it. Like, well, it was the cheapest place. It's not. We're not getting into church. It's all one spot. All one spot. That's how we did it too. The way it should be done. Like, when you walk in, is where it's going to happen. You look to the right, and there's a door, and there's where the happy hour is, right in there, and that's where it's done. So it's like, oh, you walk ten steps, you're all good. Oh, we we had it where it's like a multi-purpose room. So you like kicked people out to the bar, turned the room over. Oh, that, so it went from like dinner to dance floor. Um, we had that option with this place. It's the same thing. It looks like a big conference room with a bar. And they said that yeah. they said we could have put a wall in happy hours there. They could rearrange, get married in there, rearrange it. And we were like, nah, like just, just keep it set up. Like it'll be fine. And then it's attached to a casino. So when the, the wedding's over, there's a door that takes you down this escalator and that's where you go. Oh, that's dangerous. Well, cause we're, when weddings end, what do you do? Like you kind of don't know what to do. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm aware. <laughs> so that's not in the price. It was just literally like, hey, we're attached to this. Here's this door. When you guys are done and we kick you out, like the building's like, when we kick you guys out, you can take this escalator down and the party can continue. Man, but the, like day of logistics, and then you got like speeches. You got like first dance, like. 
there will be more stressful things to plan. Oh, yeah. But, like, that big stuff is done. Okay. That, that's pretty good. Uh, bachelor party location? Don't know. That's the next part. Okay. Don't know. I've joked about because my my best man lives in Florida, so he's brought up Florida, like Tampa. But then he's brought up Vegas, and I'm like, eh, that would be a lot. Depending on your group of friends, Vegas can be very fun. It can also be very expensive. Yeah. 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 Then they've brought up just doing something in Chicago, and I'm like, I don't care. It's just one friend has to fly. Everybody else can drive. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. Whatever you decide. Uh, But yeah, I love that reaction when you said that. You're getting married on a Friday. I like it is. I Again, I remember the fights, right? And I was like, I fought so hard <laughs> to not have it in the fall. Um, right. Because even on like a Saturday in the fall. Like, you're not going to be coaching Friday night and then get married on Saturday. No. And then how much cheaper a wedding is on a Friday than a Saturday? Is yes, the thing. that I'm aware of. It's like, what, 2000 less? Depending on where you go. Like, you could save like two, $3,000. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, a th- two-thirds or something like that, right? Like Right. And so I did. I fought. I threw a fit. And then you feel bad that you threw a fit. And then when it gets brought up again, you try to say it nicer. Then you throw another fit. And then then we got to figure it out. Then this happens. Then this happens. And so that's why I was just like, all right, I'll give in. And then I waited like a week or two after it was like done to go up to the head coach. I remember like walking in. We both don't have a first period. Everybody leaves. We're down in the coach's office. And I go, hey who do we play on this date? He pulls out the new schedule. I think we play this team. I was like, I won't be there. What? And I told him, and that's when he did. He gave me the same reaction. He's like, that's why we got married on New Year's Eve. Plenty away from football. Okay, I'll throw you a bone. I did actually miss a playoff game uh, for for a wedding. Uh, was that my first year at Ignatius? Basically, like my now wife, we, you know, we'd been together a little bit, but not like a super long time. Mm-hmm. And it was like when we were just starting to like formalize things. And like one of her best friends from med school was getting married in Indy. And she's like, you will be there. Like, like there, there was no can you, there was no baby. It was just, you will be there. Uh-huh. And I think, I think she allowed me to fly out separate. Like I could coach like. Thursday night and like then fly out or not. Is that right? Yeah. Cause she had to do like uh bridesmaid stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's the other thing is uh, she's probably going to hear me. I don't know how that week's going to go. Cause there's other things you have to do that week for a wedding. So I'm wondering how practice is going to go. And that's going to bother me. And I told her that too. I said, Hey, that week, I don't mind taking days off of work because then we can still go to practice as a staff member. So guess what? I'll do stuff during the day, but I am going to practice because I have to make sure that things are set for me not to be there because 
I'm the guy that tells the offense coordinator what I'm seeing in the box to what works. Like, that's my job. Nobody, <laughs> no offense to the other coaches, the amount of work I put in to do that is like they, yeah. they won't know. Like, we have great people as coaches, and they're great coaches. They like their job. So if they're the running backs, that's what they like. The whole run scheme of, like, how I want the running backs to work is on me. I'm the guy looking at all that. So, like, I was like, I have to make sure – because the head coach would probably take over that spot because he's not calling defense no more, so he's just kind of the head coach. So I was like, that week, I don't care. I have to make sure things are in place and we get things done. So if you're getting married Friday, Thursday, like you, I, I feel like Thursday and Friday would probably be the only days you really like are going to be obligated to miss. Well, that's what I hope. And, like, by the time Thursday rolls around, I'd be good. Like, I don't mind missing a Thursday walkthrough, like, in my back of my mind. Like, that's fine. But I am scared to death of what that Friday will be. I might be thinking about, uh, I wonder what's going on with this game, like, in the back of my mind. You're going to be walking down the aisle, like, refreshing score stream. (laughs) Or on YouTube, like, what's the score? Like, get this YouTube up. Oh, she might. She'll kill me. She pawed a gun. She'd be pissed. No, you need to have it where like your, uh, if you like write your own vows, have them in like a folder and like <laughs> sneak like an iPad in the folder, <laughs> just like already on for the game. Get that little screen where the screen's in the corner. The thing's here on the iPad, but the screen is over here, and you're just looking at it. Yeah, <sighs> something like that. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting time in my life. It, it will, I'm sure you've gotten the same advice like a thousand times, but like it's a blur. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm, <laughs> there's a good chance I'll probably be back on the podcast before uh, September. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't assume that. But if, I, if I'm if i not. You can um, come back weekly if you wanted. I could care it, less. It's, it's a blur, right? Like you're so excited. Like all your friends are there. All your family's there. Like you're going to talk to each person like, for 45 seconds and immediately forget anything. (laughs) Um, And you're just so laser focused on like the ceremony of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it was, it was very strange. Um, Even when I think back to my own wedding, uh, I do at no point during my wedding, did I have a microphone in my hand, which in hindsight is the only thing I think I'd do different, right? Not even like a welcome or mm-hmm. like a, this is who I am or thank you for coming. Right. Um, and, you know, I talk a lot, so it was very weird to not say anything that right. it was almost like it was like being um, like not in control of your own destiny. It was very at like your own event. It was very weird. Okay. Yeah, because there's like well, there's a time limit too. It's like boom, boom, boom. Like this has to happen. This has to happen. You have to do this. I've been at, been at a couple weddings, and we look, and we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna have to do that. Oh, I have a now, and so now that you're planning, and every wedding you'll go to, uh, you will still have like the I liked this, I didn't like this, or like mm-hmm. ours was better at this, but like maybe theirs was like meh here. Um, and I have very strong opinions about, uh, officiants because <laughs> I've seen some people like kill it and some people completely flop. 
Well, that was the biggest decision was who to marry us. Because we don't have a priest. We don't have this. So our neighbors, one, the wife's going to be a bridesmaid. And we asked him to marry us. And he was like, yeah. He immediately was like, yeah. And then later on in the night we're hanging out with him. You could just tell it was bothering him. So we were like, he's good now. He like the next day he sent a picture like I'm already certified. He like got online and was so excited. Um, but he's very funny with it. He'll joke. Well, I have the power now. You can't get married till I say so. And it's hilarious actually. Like he's like, you can't do it till I say so. You go to the, like, you get the piece of paper before the wedding anyway. Like it's kind of like legally already done. Right. You just have to like return it. Um, oh, the certificate you have to give back. Yeah. So the officiant's literally like the, mm-hmm. the uh, like witness, right? Like, so they're supposed to file it back, but I think legally you're kind of like married before. Yeah. But we, yeah. T- we told me to help him write the, the speech to make it like, we'll help you. Don't worry about it. And it's only like 30 minutes. And we're like, part of the 30 minutes is walking down and doing this. So like, it's not a big deal. And it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. We're so easy going. Like, it could be five minutes. We don't care. That'd actually be good because they give us more time to move to the happy hour. Like, we, it's fine. There's a balance, right? Like, you know, you've already, all the people are already assembled. Like, it should probably, like, you know, you're 20 to 30 minute, right? Like, make it a thing. Well, we said just put an adult beverage under the seat and everybody pull it out. And that's kind of, but. Uh, I have no, I, I don't even know if we have a time limit, but I do have kind of a funny story about that. <laughs> I'm. This is on your time, not my time. Uh, my wife's sister, we were at her wedding in Denver. Uh, it's like outdoor in the mountains, right? Like whatever you're imagining, it's like that. Right. Uh, we're, we get to the venue and of course my wife is a bridesmaid. I am not. Uh, and it starts raining. So they, you know, they have like a, you know, they're kind of like waiting, right? You know, you're, ch- it's almost like a football game, right? Like mm-hmm. you're checking the radar. You're seeing like, is this going to clear up? Um, before any drastic decisions are made so people are kind of like sitting there waiting while like my wife and her sister and like their family whatever right bridesmaids are like you know getting ready you're like in the hut not hut like uh event space right so they're like all right decision made we're gonna open the bar because that will keep the masses entertained Mm -hmm. so you know open bar no one's like going crazy but like you know just drinks are had and they're like finally after however many minutes uh they're like hey uh we need to flip this over for like the rain contingency so like you know let's move all the chairs we're gonna have the aisle here like this is under the you know awning whatever so i'm like all right we're doing it and the wedding happens great wedding whatever um and I forget how, like, after the wedding was over, I think I picked up my beer that I had had from, you know, setting up, like, when the bar was open. Mm-hmm. My wife, now wife, looked at me like I murdered a baby. Because <laughs> she did not realize that the bar had been open ahead, and she thought I had my own beer that I was drinking <laughs> during the ceremony. And I was like, look around. Everyone else here has beers. 
Like <laughs> it, it just happened. But uh, you know, as uh, you've interacted with females before, uh, that logic didn't immediately set in. <laughs> so it took like two and a half hours for her to speak to me again. <laughs> Honey, I was giving them out to everybody. That's what happened. I brought so much. But like you know, like your mouth is like gaping. It's like a a, a goldfish. You're like no, but like they opened <laughs> the the bar. Like the bar was open, and then we moved chairs, and then I still had my beer. Like it was there. There was nothing malicious. Like we were all, we were all doing it. That's a great story. That's fantastic. I I I still make fun of her about it to this day. She hates it. Um, but yes, it was a. Uh, very stressful in the moment, but uh, a good, again, story I can tell on a podcast uh, now, five-ish years later, I think. You're the guy when it's like silent. Shit. No, like, I don't even think I, like, it's not like I was sipping on it during the ceremony, right? Like, it's, right. Like, you know, you kind of put it like, you like hide it kind of under the chair leg or like behind the chair leg. Right. And I think I just grabbed it like after the ceremony was over. Yeah, you're like, we moved the chairs, we did this, and then like, oh yeah, I have like I have this sitting here, I don't want it to go to waste, I'm gonna go grab it. Right. I see nothing wrong yeah. with this. No, and neither did anyone. But um in that very emotionally um charged evening, um my wife was slightly blinded. Do you not see rage. everybody else with it? Nope. Just the, you. There, there was no reasoning. It was like <laughs> red, right? It was like a bowl, just laser focused on how uh, I have disrespected her and her sister and her family and the event and their marriage. And I was like, no, like, we, we, <laughs> yeah, that that, that's a great story. It makes me feel better about a fall wedding. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Not a lot, but kind of. It'll it'll be great. I'm sure you'll have a great time. Yeah, until Saturday when he expects me to be at a coach's meeting or something. Like, hey, you should probably get to this. And I'm going to be like, nah. I, I He will not be serious, but I guarantee he'll be like, why don't you have film? And I'll be like, shut up. Yeah, it'll it'll probably be like a, as you're walking out the last day you're going to be there for the week. And be like, oh, so we'll see you Saturday morning for film, right? Oh, I'm sure that's what he'll say. Or I guarantee what will happen is they'll show up to the reception after the game and cause a scene. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Hey, victory. If it, Well, that's the thing. If it's a victory, they're going to come in. It's going to be hoopla. If it's losing, they're going to come in and be like, you mother. You guys talk to each other after losses? Mm-hmm. It's it, like our staff were like, we're very tight right and it's just like yeah like if we're celebrating like we're celebrating right like after a win because we want to like watch the huddle plays and like we want to like recount every detail and all the like ridiculous stuff that happened after a loss people just like put stuff down and like leave um we will kind of do that at first we talk a little bit on the field as we're walking off and then we get to our coach's center, and then we all just kind of sit there sometimes, and we just sit there, and we don't say anything. Then we I'm, I'm kind of like that. Then we wait for the head coach to walk in, and he walks in, and then he kind of sits there, and he goes, well, that sucked, or something like that. And then that's when we all start talking. We'll still go out to places after we lose. But, like, it's just that for that initial, like, 
two minutes, we don't say anything. And then we start to talk about what went wrong. And like, well, it happened again. Like, it's the same stuff. Or like, man, did you see because they had 80 kids on their sideline and we have 40 or like something like that? Or, yeah. Or this ref. I, I, I know those exact conversations. Or like, I got two sideline warnings this year to, uh, <laughs> complaining to the ref. And one was wow. stupid. So I learned at a young age when you first get a headset on and you think you're cool. If you talk on the headset complaining about the ref, you could just say, oh, I'm talking on the headset. I'm not talking to you, and I'm looking this way. I learned very quickly because then it kind of worked when I was younger. So I try to pull that all the time. Aren't you in the box? No. I'm on oh, the side I right. thought you said you were. And I was like, how did you? <laughs> no. I was in the box for like, let me rephrase that. When I was like an assistant DC, the JV defense coordinator school, I was in the box. When I was an OC, I was in the box for two games, hated it. And I was like, I need to be on the sidelines. So I went back down. There was a trust thing going on. So I was like, I need to yep. be down here. I haven't been back in the box since. And that was like when I was 24, 25 years old. I've not been back since. But yeah, I tried that. Um, it was like week eight. I tried it. I'm talking on the head. And this time it was true. I'm yelling on the headset to the head coach, like, this guy is still lining up offsides. This guy is still lining up offsides. And the ref turned around and threw a flag, and he goes, I ain't listening to you. And I said, I literally said, I said the head coach's name. His name's Chris. I'm like, Chris, he's offsides. He's offsides. He's offsides. And the ref goes, I know what you're doing. You're talking into the headset about me. And I was like, oh, the jig is up. This guy knows. Come to find out, he's ref college game. So he, like, figured it out. And I was like, ooh. Oh. We had, like, a college ref there, and he was like, I'm going, he was going, like, to Purdue game the next day or something. We were like, oh. Okay. My so a I'm in the box. So there's been a f and uh, our field like our box is very close to the field. So there have been times I've been worried of me yelling like out of the window that mm -hmm. I was going to get a sideline warning because I'll do the same thing of yelling that he's like offsides or lined up offsides, but I'm screaming mm -hmm. out of the window. Yep. Which in now looking back on it, I probably look insane, but. um We've had coaches that'll be like, you know, they're like talking to a player. They're not paying attention. And the Illinois refs are such assholes that like if they see someone in their way, they will purposely run into them. And like we've had refs just like wipe out on our sideline after taking like a shoulder charge. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, in film, we're like, you know, yeah. like because, of course, the coach, if they get a you know sideline warning or a flag feels awful. So you're like, let's replay this in slow motion. And like, I hope that was worth 15 yards. That happened to us last year. Uh, this, So the rule is the head coach can kind of be where he wants sometimes. You know, he can kind of be where he wants. All of us, on this, we have to be back. Last year, this ref, I call him Patty because he like had red hair. And we just call him Patty because he was pissing us off. You know, he looked Scottish, Irish. So we were like, oh, it's Patty. And he was telling us to get back. And then, like, he actually touched the head coach on the arm, like, you got to get back. And the head coach looks. He played linebacker in college, so he looks over, and he goes, did you just touch me? And he goes, I ain't fucking moving. So he didn't move. And this ref was running full speed on him, and he just stood there. He looked right at him. He's like, I ain't moving. So this ref gets right to him, then just runs around, and then throws a flag because he was like, and he was like, I my feet are touching the white. I'm not on the field. And you put your hands on me. I'm not moving. So we found out in the film, like, he's about to run into it at the last second. Just goes right around. Uh, 
Touche for your head coach. I love that move. Oh, yeah, he's um, like, I'm not moving. But, like, if I'm getting a flag, I want a collision, right? Like, you can't you can't avoid contact, so clearly you can avoid contact, but you're still going to throw the flag? Like, And then last year, so here's how, again, I'm complaining about Illinois refs. There's a ref shortage, but this is why. This, is, this is, does not help their situation. We're on defense, and the team is on the 20 on this side. So all of us offensive coaches are on the opposite side of the field because we have nothing to do with defense. This team's out to go in and score. We're down here. Now, we're not on the sideline. We're kind of on the field. Like, not on the field, but our feet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You've you've just you've like congregated and somehow gotten like a step or two on the field. Right. The ref yeah. threw a flag and we didn't know why. And he goes sideline warning and the head coach is like, why? And the ref waited a little bit and he goes, They're down on the field and they pointed to us on the other side. And he turned and he looked back at the ref and they had a he took his headset thing and had a conversation. He got back on the headset and he goes, Guys, you just got us a flag and we're like, Why? And he goes, Apparently he gave us a warning at the beginning of the game. So this was like the last straw, I guess. And we said, why? He goes, because you guys are on the field. And we're like, we are 40 yards the opposite way. If they throw a pick, we will get out of the way as it's going. Again, that's, it's one of those things that like, it's technically right. But like with the amount of shit that they miss, like don't expect that level of perfection when like you can't, figure out who's lined up on sides like that was the dumb one and then my first sideline warning this year was we had a ref on the opposite side where the opponent was and we had five close calls and that ref outruled our side every time and we could never understand why that guy was overruling that guy and one of them was really bad like, we had it on film. They were on the goal line. We tackled him on, like, the two when they said he was in. And we have film that he's not. And the guy said, our guy showed where he was. That guy was in the end zone. The head judge was like, well, I'm listening to that guy. And we freaked out. Me, I don't even know if the silent warning was on me. It was me, the defense coordinator, somebody else. We're on the field. And I'm yelling. And I'm yelling. And I'm like, 13 years I've been doing this shit. And this, that is the first time, like... Blah, 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 blah. And so they finally said sideline through it. And they, well, they pointed at me, but we were all in the field. So that was my first one. The second one was the college ref. He was smart. He was like, I know what you're doing. And I was like, I, after the game, I went up to him. I was like, I've been doing that since I don't ever. even know. Like, yeah. Ever. And I was like, nobody has said that to me. And he wasn't, he still wasn't happy with me. He was like, now, something about me being an asshole. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm surprised your refs stick around. Ours, like, sprint to the parking lot at the end of games. Well, because at the school where the refs get ready, it was right where our locker room was, so I saw them. Gotcha. I was like, we would never see the refs at the end of a game. Oh, no, I you never do. That was, like, the one. That was like the second time I saw a ref after the game. The first time I did with football, they were actually good, so I went up to them. I was like, you guys were, like, the best refs we had. I tried to do that. They're really good. I try to tell them because of the situation Illinois is in. But when they're bad... It's hard for me. I came into the year, too. I said, I cannot yell at these refs because we don't have any. Like, we're in a bad situation. They're talking about moving games to Wednesdays because the ref thing is so bad. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then about the third game, they were so bad. I was like, it's, this is why we have a ref shortage because it's stuff like this. I do in basketball, too. I'm like, I, want you, I don't care if you're bad. I just want you to be bad the whole game. 
consistently bad. Consistently, and I say it all the time to them. Like, I have one technical this year because the ref said I had a big mouth, and I got mad about that. I'm like, you can't say that to me. I, we, we had our entire coaching staff, I think, got a, a flag uh, where we were at St. Vider. Like, our running back, you know, is running, breaks the goal line, like, kind of easily, pushed back. The ball is fumbled at the one and then bounces forward, and they say he fumbled it through the end zone for a touchback. And we were like, but he was in the end zone for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it went out of bounds at like the one. But you're calling it a touchback. And it was maddening. And like three guys are all there. And like, right. how did you all miss that? Right. Like, we were in the end zone. Like, plays over. I don't... I'm realizing because of how bad the ref shortage is, it's either you're getting freshman refs up. We had that in basketball um, because they don't have any. Or you're getting guys from a completely different area than what is around. And it's just like, but still, how can you be like that bad? Most of ours seem like they're like just short of a heart attack. Right? Yeah. And it's like you physically can't keep up with the play. So how are you throwing a flag 40 yards behind the play? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I realize professionally I should not complain about the officiating, but it has been borderline egregious. I think my thing is if a ref can firmly defend what they did, even though I don't agree with it or it may not make sense, if they can firmly say something that makes sense and do it, I'm like, that's all I need. When a ref doesn't give a right answer, like, doesn't make sense what they're saying to you why they did it or if they say well i threw it i have to make i we had a ref say this we threw the flag because it looked like this so i think it is and we're going to keep it that and it's like what we've had some bad explanations where like the explanation actually made it worse yes like it had something to like not uh, god i'm gonna butcher the situation because i can't remember it but it was something where like oh well you know, like so it was sort of like a makeup flag for this other thing or like we're just like that's not how the game is played like that's mm-hmm. not a thing we had a ref last year and we ha- I have it on film i need to i should find I, I don't have time to find it we were running running the ball he was in the middle he got caught up in the thing he got spun around and was like facing the opposite way because a guy hit him and like spun around when he spun back around and the play was over, like the guy got tackled, like our running back got tackled, threw a flag. And we're thinking, is it because they hit him? But it's like, you're in the way, so this has never been a flag for that before. Um, if it is, I'm going to freak out. I'm, I'm not even the head coach. He threw a flag saying, hold. And we were like, your back was to the pile. How is it a hold? And he goes, oh, it happened at the beginning of the play. We were like, the beginning of the play, this was an eight-yard run, and then you got spun around and threw the flag. And then he that's when he said, well, I think it was a hold. And then we said, who? And he's looking. I think it was 77. And we were like, you think it was 77? So then these were the type of refs where you had one good ref and the rest were not. So they always had to come together and talk. And this one ref had to bail all the rest of them out. It's a hard job. I mean, we're, we don't do it. But... Uh... Yeah, I could really go. I I could talk about it for a long time. 
I will say this. I think I've had more good refs than bad refs. I will say it over the years. In Illinois. This, pa- this past year, we had our probably the best year for ours. Um, oh, uh, I do remember one of the situations now. Uh, we were out Mount Carmel. And mm-hmm. we kick kick a field goal, and I don't know if you played there, but like one side of their stadium kind of opens up into like a woods that's right by a train track. Mm-hmm. Kick the extra point, it goes into the woods. And I forget how the situation came up, but you know we were asking them for like our ball back or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, you're St. Ignatius, you can just afford another one, right?" And we're like, "Excuse me, <laughs> like <coughs> what?" <laughs> Southside. Can that's what I'm like. Can you even say that to me? Nope. Uh, yeah, that was a fun one. But fun. we gotta be nice because I had five baseball games this spring or last. Yeah, last spring without an umpire. Yeah, we had to cancel a few lacrosse games because of ref shortage. Well, we have to do it ourselves when that happens. Oh. So you have to stand behind your pitcher and, oh. and call balls and strikes behind. Because that happened. I didn't think that was a thing. My first year coaching baseball. Uh, we don't know. Well, the first time it happened, I got to the school to get on the bus. The AD came up and said, hey, where you're going, they don't have a ref or an umpire. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, the AD called me. There's no umpire, so you guys are going to have to do it when you get there. And I said, what? So I'm freaking out because I'm like, what do you mean? So we get there. The head, their, their coach is like doing something. We're warming up. And then he comes over and he goes, well, here's your baseball because you have to give the other team a baseball when you're coaching. Like, here's your game ball. Um, he goes, we're just waiting on the umpire. And I looked at him. I was like, you don't know, do you? He goes, what do you mean I don't know? And I was like, you guys don't have an umpire. And he goes, what? So he runs over to his bag and he goes, oh, my God, I have like five missed calls from the AD. Like the guy didn't know. Oh. And so he was like, I said, hey, how does this work? He goes, I have to stand behind my pitcher. You stand behind yours. Call balls and strikes. And then you have to call if they're out or not. So if there's a tag. you got to say if they're safe or not. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He goes, but I'm not going to be mad about anything you do because this, we got to do the best we can. So you're like right behind the pitch. If a ball gets hit, you got to get out of the way. You got to be able to turn around and see. And I'm like, so for baseball purposes, I was like, I'm never going to argue with an umpire at baseball again, ever, because of the situation I'm in. So I swear, baseball, I did not say one bad thing to the umpires. I was like, nope, I'm not going to complain about a ball or a strike. I don't care. And I didn't. I really didn't. I think only one time did I get mad about something. It was a horrible tag thing. And I was like, are you sure? He was like, I'm sure. I was like, are you really, really sure? Yeah, I'm really, really, really sure. And I was like, okay. And then about two innings later, I was like, are you still sure that that was the right call? That was about it. Oh, I... Man. I don't know what we're going to do. I hope more people decide to referee... We are creating at the high school an officials class to so try to get kids in. Really? Yes. There. I think it's happening. Is it this semester it's happening or is it next semester? Yes. That actually sounds like 
intelligent. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of shocked. So it's going to be like, I think it's happening right now. So I think right now kids are learning how like officiating like softball and baseball. And then when they get into the fall and then we were trying to tell the PE teachers because we're friends with them, like, hey, then maybe you could work with the officials and be like, hey, let's get them to do freshman games. Like, and that could be part of their credit for class. Like, hey, let's go do this. And I'm oh, sure wow. they would pay them too. So like, hey, yeah. I'm sure if you went and did a freshman game or a youth game, get into the park district and be like, let's do this. So at least the school, I, a lot of schools actually around the area are trying this to try to help. Huh. That's, again, weirdly makes a lot of sense. And then, like, our assigner for our refs will ref summer league basketball games. So I got to meet him. And I said, hey, you could get him to come talk to the class and get how this works and blah, 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 blah. But then I have my kids always ask me, like, basketball kids. I always talk about ref shortage. And they go, why is there a ref shortage? And I said, well, why do they want to get paid 100 bucks to be yelled at by you, a 14, 15-year-old, to be yelled by me, then to be yelled by mom and dad in the stands? Why would they want to do that? Yeah. Not great. But then their minds are like, but that's like a hundred bucks or 175 bucks. And I, and I, in their mind, and I'm like, yeah, when you get older, I said, yes, I, I looked, I said, you're right. If you do four basketball games a week and let's say the pay got up just to round it up, let's say it's 200 bucks. You get 800 bucks that week for doing basketball. That's great. That's paying your car. That's doing whatever. And it sounds great. But in the moment, when you have a 15-year-old yelling at you about how you're wrong and you don't know anything, then you hear the mom and dad yelling, and then the coach is saying something, and you start thinking, like, is this worth my time for Yeah, I'm too old for this shit. (laughs) Yeah. And the kids just don't understand that. So that's why basketball, I say, I'm the only one allowed to complain to the ref. If you guys keep complaining, like, we're going to run a lot because I'm the only one. Yeah, we, we had to do that because our, our players like to talk. So, like, I think we tell the officials before the game, we're like, throw the flag on our kids if they're talking to you. They shouldn't be. <laughs> like, We kind of told our kids the same thing, but then I get a flag and it looks bad. I'm like, but I'm the only one that's allowed to. Like, we're the only ones. Like, I should be able to do that. Yeah. Ugh. All right. I realized that we've been <laughs> chatting away for a while and my stomach is rumbling. Yeah, I realized that too. I was like, my bad. This has been great. Uh, Well, that was Coach Carrick. Uh, he's assistant football coach at St. Ignatius in Chicago. Beautiful facility, guys. Google it. It's actually very nice. Very nice facility. Um, This was our Joe Rogan-style uh, test run, I think. I think it's good. I think we, we the last two times we would get through like all the like kind of interesting stuff for us as coaches, and then we would just start and be like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. kind of already talked about this." Yeah. Um, but coach, thanks for coming back on. Um, he also runs Flexbone One Hundred and One YouTube. I meant to plug that in, but oh, I guess I probably could have plugged it too. You can put it in the description. Yeah, I'll put it in there. Um, so check all that out. Um, thanks, guys, for watching or listening. Um, And we'll see you guys next time.